Hi, and welcome to The Light Leaders, a podcast for light workers who want more money, power, and impact. I'm your host, Alex E. Lember. I believe that we are currently in the middle of a global awakening of humanity and that leveraging entrepreneurship is the fastest way to raise the consciousness of our planet. So in this podcast, I interview light workers and conscious entrepreneurs who follow their soul mission and have built a business around it. I call them light leaders, and this is the new paradigm. You will hear their stories and more importantly, receive tools, tips, and strategies on how you can also impact more people and grow your business while following your soul mission. If you hear little nuggets you love and you'd like to share, Screenshot this episode and share on your Instagram stories. Make sure to tag us at the Light Leaders Podcast and we will repost. There's a device I love and use almost every day. It's called the Healy. It sends specific frequencies to the body. It's been developed by quantum physicists from Germany and it is the next evolution of health and well-being. It has amazing results. On top of it, it's an entrepreneurial opportunity. This is how I monetize my lifestyle, my brand, and this podcast. So if you're interested in getting this amazing device for yourself, or also in the entrepreneurial opportunity, I would love to help you. You can go to www.thelightleaders.org slash Healy, H-E-A-L-Y. Hi, and welcome to this new episode of The Light Leaders. Today, I'm with Luke Cohen. He's a heartist, storyteller, mentor, and ecopreneur with over a decade of experience empowering individuals, groups, and movements. As a mentor and ecopreneur, Luke serves as a self-mastery guide for entrepreneurs and change agents. He has been offering advanced healing work for over a decade and consulting with leaders and organizations at the intersection of social impact entrepreneurship, new systems change, environmentalism, and universal wisdom traditions. As a artist, storyteller and influencer, he is helping shape a new cultural narrative and spreading a positive message to a wide range of listeners, crossing genres from hip-hop and spoken word to neo-soul and future folk. Luke's essence is that of a tribal person devoted to empowering community, nourishing the global village and reignite humanity's soul to create a world that works for Everyone, that makes my heart sing. Welcome to the <laughs> show, Luke. Good to be here with you, brother. Good mm -hmm. to be here with you, everybody. Aloha. Well, what are you grateful for today? Oh, I mean, yeah, we just went through that little gratitude prayer and just, yeah, really feeling, um, I was feeling three streams of gratitude. I was feeling uh, gratitude for Bali, for this mm. land. I get to be here. I was feeling grat gratitude for Kevin. So just moved in and just like our brotherhood. Mm. And then I was feeling gratitude for my nephew in New York and just, you know, this, this, this being that I've watched grow from, from baby to, to man and mm. our, our sacred relationship. So those are the, that's a being that if I need to invoke gratitude, I can just think of him and it immediately drops me into my heart. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful yeah. I'm super excited to have you because uh, you're one of the people I know that really grounded their spiritual work into also entrepreneurship yes. that are combining the, the mystical and the practical yes. and um, so we'll talk about that I'd love to give a bit of context to the listener sure. can you share a little bit about your vision for the world your why and also how your business is helping to bring this vision into manifestation sure yeah so my um My big why came in 2008 when I received a vision of, of eco-villages around the world. And I was mm. actually in Costa Rica living on one and seeing what an ecosystem of community could look like on the land. And 
functioning in retreats and, and community and connection close to the land, little kids running around the jungle. And I was like, wow, I was like, I could raise a family if it's like this, you know, this is what I want. And got a really strong vision to create a production company at the time when I was living in New York. And that sort of began the process of galvanizing connection and community was to bring people together with the idea eventually the people that were in residence, we'd go and get land from that event mm. space to getting land. And so that led segues into festival world and then eventually into entrepreneurship. And um, how that came into a practical level was that I started to do a lot of research on eco-villages. I started to immerse myself in more of them, live in community, live in intentional communities, uh, ashrams, all these types of places over from that point on. And um, basically just started to design a, a template, a, a way of, uh, you know, wanting to manifest my version of what I saw. And uh, in 2014, 2015, I had a buddy of mine, I was living in Ojai, California, and he's like, hey, I found an investor for you mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, is wants to create communities. He's, he's got a $100 million business. He wants to invest, you know, 10% in community. Mm-hmm. I'd love, you know, for him to see your template. And so I, I meet up with this, this millionaire guy, and he's like, wow, this is really advanced stuff. You know, I don't think humanity is even ready for this yet. <laughs> they need to go through a few more stages of initiation and then something like this could be brought into being. Come back to me after you make your first $100,000. And then like $100,000, I was like living month to month as like a broke artist and healer mm. and, you know, didn't know where my rent was coming from. I'd contract every time I'd buy groceries, you know. And, uh, and I, I reached out to a buddy of mine in the coaching industry and I was like, Put me on, man. Like, teach me. I need to learn. I need to learn how to make money. And uh, entered into entrepreneurship. And that's where a whole paradigm shift happened for me. Another type of initiation is very different than the ones I was used to, which were more internal, more in the shamanic, more in the mystical, and really grounding a business. And from there, access the world where I could start to steward wealth, that I could start to help empower people and... Um, Ever since then, I've been bridging like these three major communities, which is the world of transformational festivals and um, the creative energy and artistic scene of that and the heart culture of that with the indigenous communities that I had been in connection with for a while and mm-hmm. studying with and learning with and then entrepreneurship and philanthropy. So those mm-hmm. are the three I'm sort of at the intersection of that. And somewhere in the middle, eco-villages fit and somewhere in the middle, these kind of new mm-hmm. systems fit where they all have codes for each other. So the, the indigenous communities bring, I think, a deeper value system and deeper um, spirituality that's very based on the earth, you know, the next seven generations, this, this mindset of the next seven generations. And a lot of the entrepreneurial community has the, has the professionalism and has the money piece down. And then the festival scene has, the, has a lot of the community and creative energy and, and heart and connection. Mm-hmm. And so they all have gifts and shadows, each of them. And I've been kind of seeing where they can help and inform each other over the years. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what I'm helping refine right now so that, that the culture that we anchor on the earth has a sustainability financially, has the value systems that are sustainable mm-hmm. for the long art and has the, the heart and the connection of those kind of uh, very healing experiences. Mm. And so have you been doing that more concretely through coaching? Yeah, so when I, when I made my first... Uh, so like two weeks after I went through a process with that, the person I first reached out to, I made $30,000 in sales. And I was like, wow, oh. like, oh my God, like it's something, something shifted mm-hmm. in my paradise. I basically signed my first two high-end clients. And then in that space, I was like, I don't need an investor anymore. How, how did you go so quickly from because having I had that enough, revelation? I had enough experience that once I claimed my value, something just shifted. Mm-hmm. So I think for some people that are new to it, they have to build enough rapport with life to, to actually trust their gift. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, put in a decade already of, of like deep apprenticeships and, you know, was already getting really good results for my clients. So the, the, the framework that I was given was very applicable and I kind of integrated it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And whenever I work with a mentor or teacher, there's usually an entrainment process. So I'm getting the information literally like downloaded as opposed to it just being up in the mind and taking some time to trickle into the rest of mm-hmm. the system. Like, I usually get things pretty fast and integrate mm. pretty fast. And what kind of coaching did you do with those high tickets? Um, I took people through well, like a full systems shift in their, in their consciousness. So 
the way that I started to examine business from the lens that I understood was that someone's business was an extension of their consciousness. And so um, one of my first clients was a ex-professional rugby player who um, amassed a certain amount of wealth and influence and actually was craving a deep connection with spirit and was craving, um, you know, wanting to like heal his body and th things that I had already gone through, I had mastery around. That's what I started to, to, to do. And then my second client was a, a CEO of a superfood company and his relationship was suffering a lot and other things were suffering in his life. And so it was kind of bringing, helping people create more of a holistic understanding of their reality. So, um, and this is what the, I eventually kind of coined self-mastery work and the quantum healing work that I do with people, I'm able to shift people into new realities pretty quickly. Mm. So when we find the limiting beliefs and we clear them and we find um, these sort of um, constructs that are stuck in the consciousness, once those lift, reality can rearrange itself around mm. their new orientation. And so uh, once I saw that those results happened and um, what was really cool experience of mine in, in that, in terms of reality, that first client that I ever worked with, my first high-end client, he got his own inspiration to create an eco-village. And we started to work on that in the tail end of our six-month journey. He was like, I want to get land in Costa Rica and I want to create a space. Ended up going to Costa Rica years later on the land in ceremony with the person I had guided and the vision that we did. Like, so I was literally in on the physical grounds of something we visioned together and, mm -hmm. and supporting him to hold it and supporting him to create it got to see the fruit of that reality birth. So that's an example of like something that went from like mm. an intangible idea into a physical reality through mm. the support that we created around his, his, how he managed the energy and all the details that mm. go into, you know, creating something like that as mm. an example. And then seeing that trend with people, it was like, oh man, I want to teach my community how to make money. Mm. If we all do this, we can pull our resources and get land. Mm. And so I let go of this idea of some magical investor sort of coming, you know, in, even though I just met one and I was like, oh, I'm actually going to empower the other healers to do this. And we can, we can, we can build out these councils and create, create mm. my projects this way. And so I got very quick into like, once I learned the technology, started to coach relatively quick. And I was kind of like a quantum healer wearing a business suit <laughs> and guiding other healers into that model because I had gone through it in the initiations over a few months around how to actually do that effectively. And I saw the challenge that very creative, sensitive and multidimensional people have with grounding a business because mm. I had to go through that alchemy myself and learn how to do it. So I started to do um, more group programs and take people through a program that I still run called Beyond Prosperity, which is creating a six figure online coaching practice or, or transformational guidance work. Um, and yeah, we explored a lot in the live events that I did around that too. And so the people that I, that I worked with over the years, most of them are in on the same cultural tip of like, yeah, we're going to get land and create, cult mm -hmm. and create community and are bridging their creative gifts with their healing gifts and are, are very immersed in leadership now. So it's been cool to see the, the sort of the fruits over the years of these mm -hmm. people really living their dharma now and, and manifesting it at really high levels um, even from mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. Where are you at with finding that uh, that land? Because there are a lot of projects uh, around. I've come more into consulting and mm -hmm. waiting to, like, I feel like 2021, I'm going to put my staff down on a piece of property that mm -hmm. I will personally steward and build a team around. But what I've been doing over the last three years is I've been consulting and working more with other existing eco-villages or with teams that are creating them to help them get their systems to build more coherence with their core team mm -hmm. to align it with the higher vision so that it's um, attuned enough to the, to those higher frequencies mm -hmm. that it can um, not be swayed or, or, or corrupted by money or corrupted by shadow or corrupted by these things that can throw off, mm -hmm. you know, uh, these things. So nine, nine out of 10 startups fail, nine out of 10 intentional communities fail. Mm -hmm. There's a reason. So I, I, when I was in that research period that I was talking about of, basically immersing myself in these situations um, in community and going through, putting myself in the hot seat and like organizing these events and experiences and festivals. I learned a lot. And so um, seeing, well, how do we change that ratio of nine out of 10 fail to, and, and mm -hmm. what did the one out of 10 do and like really study that and focus on that. So my consulting practice basically became really built around coherence building processes and how to, 
develop teams that work optimally together and uh, working with the money shadows, with the, with the relational shadows, with the power dynamics. Some of the things that um, the old world way of doing business don't work for this kind of mm. new model of eco-villages. So a lot of business guys and tech guys, they, wanna, they get these downloads, they have their medicine for the first time, or they go through some kind of peak experience and they, they see these possibilities and yet they haven't integrated their shadow work. They still play out these social hierarchical dynamics where um, this sort of new systems require a whole new consciousness in order to create it. So there's this idea that the solutions that we need for our earth can't require the old consciousness of the problems that were created. Mm. It's not the, the perfect quote, but essentially, yeah, we need, we need to approach these new systems from a totally new consciousness, not from, from the old consciousness of mm. how we got ourselves in the situation. And so this is what I've been doing with, with leaders and movements over the last three years is really going into how can we optimize your team? How can we like ground this all into reality? How can mm. we uproot some of these invisible things that live between people that are like, you know, can, can create friction and, and derail projects and be part of the reason that those nine out of 10 startups and other things fail. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. We hear here in Bali, we hear all the time about this beautiful uh, golden age communities, yeah. but then when you actually create it, it's, it's very challenging. It's all the thing. It's mm. crash and burn. And, and I had the fortune to sit with some of the, the, the elders of these movements. You know, I've done culture change events at places like Hummingbird in New Mexico, the oldest eco-village in the U.S. next to uh, Sunrise Ranch, which are also allies of mine, and got to really sit with their living systems and, and how they do counsel. And, and uh, you know, I really love the intersection of where indigenous counsel ways and the method of talking stick and different technologies for unpacking truth and perspective between souls and then you know, nonviolent communication to like other very extreme forms of, of alchemy and relational alchemy and, and working out the contractions that live between souls. And, and again, like I said, being in the hot seat between totally different cultures, mm -hmm. you know, seeing like being in situations where indigenous communities were also in spaces of philanthropy and seven figure coaches and things like that. And the gap of wealth inequality and privilege and some of these nuanced social, um, challenges and, 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 and trauma and, and, how, and actually being someone that could handle being the bridge and the translator between the cultures and kind of being a peace ambassador. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in that hot seat enough to understand how different human perspectives can, can um, muddy the relational potency in order to hold and scale a project. And so when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I'm doing that on a very micro level with their business and their own consciousness. And once it involves teams, it's a whole other level of alchemy because each soul brings such a profound process of alchemy to, to, the, to the geometry of people that are choosing to be in relationship around the project. It changes the, the, the entire dynamic. And it's really fascinating to me. And I've seen this over the years too, just with festival production as well, of like these visions that we, oh, we're going to create this festival and we're going to book out all the most amazing artists and have this vision. And then on the back end, it go like the production goes to total. And then everyone's going through like a crucifixion experience of all their childhood trauma and like family dynamics and mm. everything coming up. And then the, the, the producers are burning out trying to hold it all together. And, and it's, and it's, the vision is so much different than reality. And so I got really curious from my own life and with other people, what's this, you know, what's this, how do we bridge this gap? How do we, how do we work with what is and get into the science of co-creation at a level that it doesn't have to be so intense of a soul initiation, like, like, like learning through crisis, you know, in these high stress situations. And I'm kind of glad that I went through that and got that out of the way because the high stress you know, is, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a cauldron, you know, some people, you know, their, their spiritual practices to go to Sundance and pierce and dance and fast and vision quest. Mm. Mine was festival production. It was like not sleeping and eating, you know, like eating a little bit of food and drinking lots of mate and like going <laughs> for days straight and managing so many people. But what I found was the, the soul evolutionary journey of the mirroring process between souls okay, this person is triggered from this person and they're, mm -hmm. they're having their stuff come up this way and, and then at the end of it, it's all alchemized and there's some realizations that happen 
and something shifts and this, all the souls grow through the experience, even though the personalities were like, mm. it's going to look like this. And so I, over the, over the years, I've learned to see like, what's the preemptive way of getting to the soul lesson faster mm-hmm. and kind of quantum leaping the lessons so that the physical production or the physical output doesn't have to suffer mm. and the crisis doesn't have to create the lesson and we can, we can get the lesson, integrate it sure. and optimize yeah. the experience. So that's, that's, and that's kind of slowing time down. It's like, okay, we don't need to do this in six months. Maybe it's actually a year, mm. you know, things like that. So that's a practical, mm. that was a little bit of a tangent. But. And so you, you mentioned also doing a, a lot of coaching for um, healers to help them make money so you can buy the, uh, the land. Yeah. Um, what are the main tools you use there? What's, because a, a lot of our audience might be in that situation, right? That's, that's actually a lot of my audience, people who have those beautiful gifts, whether they're healers or coaches, and they want to help raise the consciousness of the planet and have more impact, to go, ready to go be. F- fill out my type form and you get access to the proprietary information. No, okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely share a few things for sure. I mean, again, for me, it's an alchemical journey. Mm. I take people through a process. I was taking groups and individuals through a process of the way that I understand the prosperity work from for myself. Because uh, I just want to create one more piece of context around this because mm. there's a lot of coaches out there that teach money, mm-hmm. mindset, mastery, and will give you systems. And there's plenty of spiritual people right now that are learning how to make lots of money. Mm. And I see a culture playing out where it becomes a big game of positioning. And some of the shadow work gets, gets left behind to become integrated. And mm. so for me, the way that life is set up for, for my commitments, um, when I started to make a lot of money, I was at the sacred fire at ceremonies and events. And the ancestors were like, remember what you're making this money for. And because I have a relationship with those altars and with those ancestors, I got, I got kind of held in check. I wasn't allowed to dip into certain other areas of magic let's say nlp is a form of magic there's a lot of gray area there's white magic there's black magic and then there's gray magic a lot of the money realm in our world in the coaching industry runs a gamut of black to white magic and so what i began to see was the distortions that came in the gray area and i had to go through a two-month period where i got really excited to make money you know i, I never like I just never experienced that in my life. My, my parents were struggling. I grew up in a cult. So it was really exciting to be able to, to make that much money. But then I saw the social materialistic like status element of it that I think a lot of people actually end up getting lost to, even if they have really good intentions and come from a major spiritual background. Mm. And their soul actually needs to move out of like this scarcity or sadhu renunciate kind of lifestyle of, of not needing anything or flowing and let, letting spirit magically take care of everything. It's one way of living into like actually manifesting and, and stewarding wealth and the, the area where it can tip into and become egoic, where we can, we can become addicted to sales and high performance and all these uh, like distortions that come out that can actually be an adherence to the spiritual path. So I, I feel like I found a middle path with it that um, was an integrity for, for me, for my own system. So I wasn't going into burnout or I wasn't enrolling people that were actually a, a true fit for the things that I was doing. Um, and so the initiations at the deeper level where, where it's in the white magic area, let's mm. say, is leaving survival consciousness. So when we're transcending survival consciousness, we're moving more into a Christ frequency, right? And so um, without, without bypassing, bypassing the body and, and the shadow of, of, of our beings. And so... Um, the way that that sort of trial and error of, of alchemy happened for me was, was there was a tipping point where it was like, okay, you know, the difference between getting money for status or, or certain kind of lifestyle versus stewarding money, the flow of energy and, and putting, it's like the thing I would say to my clients is that had these blocks around money was there are corporations out there dumping millions into advertising to get people to vote with their dollar for shit that is killing them. Right? And, right. and, and a world that's extracting. We're on the team that wants to make the world a better place and build regenerative systems 
Why should you be broke doing that? Money is actually going to build the new earth. So you need to neutralize your relationship with it and use it for good. Now, in that dance, there's the old world agreements and thought forms and social status and hierarchy and, and positioning and, and leverage because money is a form of power still in this world. And so I'm one of the, the few people in that world for a while where I would say, let's make money why it still has value and invest it into systems where we won't need money anymore. Living water, food, land, these kinds of things. And this is a mindset that you won't hear from a lot of coaches. And this is something that's like, if, if, I, if I lost all my money tomorrow, say, or if, if, if for some reason the whole economy collapsed, which coaches are going to freak out and have an identity death or roll with it? I would be able to move on with my life instantly and be in surrender and know how to live with the land. And so that's the thing is like I have a foot in another culture also and I'm moving, I've moved into this culture to bridge worlds. And so I want to help create a value system where we use money to create the new earth but don't get lost in the hooks of the old paradigm black magic and gray magic. Being, being so into financial freedom that it becomes your prison. Yes, <laughs> yes. And now you're, now, you're, now you're endlessly enrolled in high-end sales to the point where you can't maintain a relationship mm. because you don't have time. You're, you go so into your masculine as a woman that you can't surrender and that you'll, if you try to get into partnership, mm. you're going to battle with your, the, the, male's, the male ego side of things. These, these kinds of imbalances that happen in a lot of people, and this is what mm. I help people balance out in, in coaching. Yeah, this is it's super more mentorship. I don't like mm. the word coach. I don't even like the word coaching anymore. Let's say okay. coaching industry. Yeah. It's super interesting because I can feel how, I'll speak for me, how if I wasn't doing the shadow work, I would be run by unconscious beliefs that getting money would corrupt me. Yeah. And from the moment I could um, see that, I could see the fear of having money corrupt me. Sure. Then I opened again more the, the, the flow of it because I was like, whatever you bring your consciousness and awareness totally. to, um, you, you can reopen that flow. So it's, from what you said, I, I feel like maybe it's maybe one of the blocks sure. on it, but would be on the mindset. And one of it is to explore the shadow. So you're not afraid of it anymore and you can yes, open the gates of prosperity. Yeah. So start with this yeah. and then also remember, keep, keep it, keep remembering it's, it's for service. It's yes. for circulation. Why you're doing, what are you? So the why and yeah. the shadow work. Yes, absolutely. You, you nailed it. And, and that's the thing. It's like, there's just like in the world, there, there are two types of core ego structures. There's, there's a new, there's a, there's a stack of different flavors of ego structures, but essentially you can boil them down to two mm. superior and inferior. Inferior ego structures tend to be more empathic and are comparing and feel less than not good enough in a certain way. Superior uh, needs to be better than and better than everyone else as a way of compensating. So within the money shadow, you have the gift and the shadow of money, right? And in any system, whether it's medicine work or healing or music, all these systems of power, Tantra, you have the shadow and you have the light side of it. And so if we go in with a mindset of awareness, okay, there's, there's going to be there's going to be gifts that coming from having more money and there's going to be shadow elements. Mm. How can I work with both? And this is the thing is that, yeah, a lot of spiritual people never enter the money game because there are, they are afraid of being corrupted about it or their spiritual ideals around that they like, I literally, when I work with certain clients like that, where I have my programs, I'll quantum heal vows that they've made in past lives for poverty. We'll literally find a part like a vow mm -hmm. of poverty or this, this deep, deep belief in their spiritual mental body if they made a vow or they have a belief system that says i'm only going to find god realization if i'm if i'm you fill in the blank right and so we're in this unique age where we where we're both dismantling the old spiritual systems that we've learned working with some of the modern systems without getting consumed by them and it's this razor's edge of where we have to refine our own self-mastery of extracting the light side and integrating the shadow side so that we're, we're balanced and integrated in integrity. Because at the end of the day, it's like if, if you tip too much into the power side of it and neglect the shadow work, like there's karma consequences that come from that, you know? If someone's doing medicine work and they haven't studied enough and they're serving all this medicine and someone has a 
someone's marriage is destroyed from it or whatever, some, some negative consequence of uh, a prideful approach to the stewardship of, of power in the form, say, of mm. ayahuasca or something like that. There's a consequence. Same thing with money. Mm. Money is, is a powerful energy. And so when we're wielding any form of power, we're going to get checked out by spirit. And the more committed you are, and this, this is where I, I like to, to plant that seed for people that are spiritual, that are getting into entrepreneurship, because some of them judge it and they're scared of it because mm. they secretly want it. They actually want the wealth. And it's good to know why. Again, if we're going to use it to build a new earth, truly, then that's money you can invest in your health. That's money you can invest in further education. That's money. One of the things that I can, I can offer on this podcast is write down all the things you get to have by having more money. Write them down. Oh, I get to have, uh, I get to take out those mercury fillings. I get mm. to, I get to go here when I need to. Yeah. I get to invest in, in this. And yeah, and, and I buy bamboo clothes from my friend Yannick, made yeah. uh, eco-friendly, and where the people <laughs> who who created get good salary instead of I used to buy my t-shirts at H and M when I was uh, you know more more on that less money path. Exactly. And so, you know, reconcile on both sides of it, man. You know, that's, uh, I think that's really the essence. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's, there's the shadow side of, of it in the limiting sense and then the, sh the shadow side of it in the, mm. the abundant sense. And there's that, sh yeah, that shadow side here we talked about money, but really it's about everything regarding power, power. Uh, influence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you have, so you talked about, yeah, for example, in medicine, that would be a good example. Did you work in other areas where you felt um, doing that shadow work was very empowering then uh, for, for the person? I don't know, maybe it could be speaking on social media, for example, building a brand. Or yeah, I don't quite understand your question. Well, when you do shadow work with money, yes, it can open the, that gate because then you're less afraid of your power. In what other areas of oh, yeah, entrepreneurship? Yeah. So, so the four areas that, I, that I've yeah. identified that I'm writing in my book is uh, the power of, of, of sexual energy. So Tantra mm. and things like that. Um, that's a can of worms, right? You can mm. just, it's like semi-obvious. Mm. Um, money is the other one. Medicine mm. and then um, music, like rock star oh, energy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and these are, the, these are the four areas of my life that life has literally asked me to be in relationship mm. with. It's not like, I'm going to go on a tantric path or I'm going to mm. go on a shamanic and music, healing you path. Can, yeah, music, you would yeah. say performance yeah. in general. Yeah, I mean, music music overtook me at some point. Mm. It was like, you have to make music or you're going to shrivel up and die. <laughs> and mm. so it was, I had a point where I had, a, I had an ego that was like, I want to be famous as a musician and, you know, this is what I want and all the, all the like, you know, shadow and light of that desire and being in on tour and with people that had made it and the, all the social dynamics that happen around that. It's the same thing in entrepreneurship. It's the same like in medicine. Mm. It's like there's similar flavors of social hierarchical dynamics that play out mm. that are the same kind of social hierarchical dynamics that play outside in Hollywood and in other places. Mm. But in the spiritual community, we, we act like it's not there. But it's the same, it's the same shadow. It's just even more nuanced with even more spiritual bypassing and, and other tools than in the mainstream culture. It's kind of ironic, uh, it becomes more nuanced. And so um, I had to really get purified in those different arenas. Like with, uh, with the music, I went through a band breakup that absolutely devastated my ego and it, and it stripped me to the core of my being. And I, it was so humbling that the way that I approach music now is so different than when I, where I was at when I was like really ambitious in the same way. And mm -hmm. of course there was a pure heart there too. There was a desire to serve. The desire to, to be famous at the time was to, to make impact, you know, truly. But there was elements that needed to be purified. And so life is going to bring those initiations whether we want to or not. <laughs> They're going to come kick our butt. And so the, kind of, the idea, and, right, is to make it easier for the next person so they don't have to go through as much mm. suffering or struggle that's tends to what we do when we're mentors are like we take our lived experiences and, and translate and break it down and make it a little more digestible for the next generation next generation mm. next generation so you know these 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 four areas of power that are very alive in our in our spiritual communities and in the world mm. this is part of why we came to earth to master these things and to 
because they they have the most karma and the most juice and the most power and the most soul contracts around them. There's, there's a lot of healing that I believe needs to happen before we have the capacity to truly hold these things in integrity. And sometimes you just got to play it out and live through it. You know, you don't learn by, uh, you know, you have to go through the experience sometimes. And so I've seen really catastrophic versions of that for people, mm-hmm. like to the point of death, you know, and I've seen uh, really innocent versions of learning that were, that, you know, people were aware of the power. Okay, well, if I'm, if I'm going to work with medicine as a facilitator, I need to do what the indigenous did and train for 10 years. And like, mm-hmm. that's the way that they approached it with humility and grace and, you know, um, doing the jettas and, you know, studying and learning the songs and the caros, like really taking their time and taking years of celibacy in it, right? Because of the, how much power it has. And the ones that skip steps end up sleeping with all these mm-hmm. students and then, you know, da da da. And that, like, I know, I know people in jail that were mm-hmm. stewards of medicine and, and, and had light but the shadow crept in and took mm-hmm. over, right? And so if we're aware, like, you know, all this stuff exists in, in narratives and stories that have been told for eons. And it's, 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 you know, I think Star Wars is one of the best, <laughs> you know, never underestimate the power of the dark side. You know, the Jedi, the greatest Jedi can become a Sith overnight if they haven't mastered certain elements of their shadow. Mm-hmm. And so shadow work which is really learning your own wounds and your own subconscious, building a relationship with it because we prefer as beings, the personality prefers to be perceived through the gift. Whatever our spiritual gifts are, that's how we want to be perceived. And we hide the shadow because there's belief systems that it's whatever's there is unlovable. Mm-hmm. And we actually don't have a culture yet that says, hey, you're actually allowed to have a shadow. You've got wounds there that are, that are actually lovable and deserve presence and care and that we're each in a relationship with healing and if we actually had a culture that that made space for our emotions unexpressed emotions to be more included in our human experience everyone would step out of this positioning of having to hide behind their spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. and actually come into more of their humanity and be in relationship around their humanity which is where we all relate this is where we neutralize the superior and inferior ego structures Mm -hmm. and be like Oh, dude, you're struggling with that, and you're you're excelling in that. Man, I feel you. That that shame is gnarly, right? Like, what are you ashamed of? Or like, you got grief here, or you got rage here. Like, all these things are not talked about. Mm. But shadow work brings them into connection in a way that if we can alchemize them, it doesn't have to come through this massive crisis or healing crisis or being derailed. Mm. I've seen people's businesses crash and burn because their whole business and identity was built on a compensation mechanism. They burnt out because they, because they were avoiding a wound. Their whole business was a creation of one slice of emotional resistance. <laughs> so when we do the shadow work, we go in and we dismantle those things ahead of time. So what you build on top of that becomes scalable become sustainable. It's not avoiding a wound. It actually is in relationship with your wound. You're in relationship with your own subconscious. You're in relationship with the hidden part of you. And so it doesn't have the power to sneak up. The dark side can't just come in and overtake your reality suddenly, suddenly because you're, you're aware of it. You're, you're actually in relationship with it. And you're not hiding it. You're bringing it into connection with others. So now part of my practice is letting people in. You know, I was a spiritual teacher for years and a healer for years. And I had a mask. I didn't share my humanity. It was like, no, you don't get access to that. You only get this. Mm. And when I was going through the coaching experience and my mentorships, I had a breakthrough with my mentor where he, he broke the paradigm of the guru disciple energy. He like broke free of his mentor in, the, in that way. And we formed a friendship out of our mentorship in that way where he allowed me into his humanity. And we popped this paradigm and I started to continue that process with my with my clients students and mentees where i could actually be in relationship with them and include my humanity and be and be like hey here's some of my struggles and pain points in my journey and not keep that conveniently Mm -hmm. separate from my experience so that i lose the sale or i'm i'm if they take me off the pedestal of the spiritual teacher or the healer you know all that stuff, because that's what's still being played out in the world. And so we need a culture that's allowing humanity, our, our shared humanity to exist. Otherwise, we're, we're recreating the same hierarchical wheel mm. of the old world. 
And in that whole coaching industry, there can be quite a lot of pretension. Um, we can talk, I mean, that relates quite a bit to social media. It's uh, especially with social media, they can, you can easily create a facade when you build a, a personal brand that lacks a, a vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah. So I guess you make a conscious effort to put a lot of that authenticity in your in your. I brand. don't have a choice anymore, man. Mm -hmm. When I cross that threshold, and, and I have to say, it's not comfortable. It, it, when I When I was living in community, uh, I had to get checked up on my blind spots of where my, my shadow and ego was impacting other people, you know? And when I reconciled with a lot of that, it, it informed my business as well. It informed how I moved through life itself. And so I began to value vulnerability and authenticity as uncomfortable as it was to share it with other people there was something in my soul was like, yeah, this is where it's at. This is the new currency, vulnerability, authenticity, sharing, revealing these deeper truths of ourselves as a way of establishing deeper trust and finding our common ground. Because in the, if, if I've got it all figured out and I don't let you get any access to me, then, then I'm playing out a Piscean mm. program of guru disciple, which is an old program. Mm. And, what I found through that is I've actually been able to graduate people. I don't, I tell anyone that's meant to work with me, Hey, I'm not, I'm not here to endlessly enroll you. Now you move from this to the one-on-one -on -one, to the group program to the thing. And then I'm just going to keep re-enrolling you. My goal in my personal mastery, where my gift is my spiritual gift, my mastery is there to ignite other people's mastery. And if I can ignite their mastery and help them cross a certain threshold in their ascension process, they're graduated. Mm. They don't need me anymore. Maybe they need a little clean up now and then or a little extra support. But there's a, there's a point in the journey where we get to complete our journey. And in the coaching industry, no. That's like the last advice you would get from a business coach. You want to re-enroll, re-enroll, re-enroll. Mm. It's an endless loop. And so, again, it's not comfortable. It wasn't like a very ego gratifying or personality satisfying experience for me to, to dismantle some of these old structures with my mentor and then, and then start to play that out with my students. And what, what's happened is that like in building community, like a lot of the people that I coached are, some of them are friends, you know, become really close friends and we're colleagues now. And it's like, fuck yeah, we graduated you. And now, now we can play together mm. in these other areas. We, we, we have shared reality. We have coherence. You've, you've cried with me. I've shared with you. Boom. There's like this, this love there. That's a glue that's beyond needing to be in some role. And now we can actually create some, create something. Mm. Whereas in the codependent model of the hippie festival, whatever is I'm not experienced enough to do this and I want to work with you and we're going to collaborate, but none of us have actually figured out how to do this yet. And, and then you go through the crisis and you, you learn together and maybe create a successful thing. Maybe not, you know, uh, or the hyper entrepreneurial version of two successful people that are choosing to work together because they've both been successful at what they're at already. And it's, and it's very formal and it's very surface in some ways and they don't go deep. Maybe there's a middle ground where there's more revealing, there's more honesty, there's more vulnerability, there's more of like letting people into our, to our hidden pain points in our, in our process. Like where does that, those challenges actually live? Mm. And the coherence that comes out of that, you're forging alliances that can last a lot longer than the surface level of perceiving certain people as important and other people as less important and, you know, this whole social hierarchical game that's being played mm -hmm. out in the industry. Um, I'm definitely a stand for people being prioritizing and, and leading from, from vulnerability and authenticity. The spiritual gifts don't need to be invalidated by that. And that's something that I'm still like realizing is like, wow, I've seen that when I let my innocence out in a scene or if I'm, I'm in a group of people of peers and I lead from vulnerability, authenticity sometimes, I may not be positioning myself more advantageously to enroll people. Can I trust life enough that the people that I'm meant to work with will come to me even if I'm giving myself permission to actually be as free as I am? Because there's a freedom in that. You're not wearing a mask. You're not trying to be someone or be perceived a certain way. It's a different freedom than needing to maintain this role in society or mm. with peers or within social settings that say, oh, well, if I if I let you see some of my childlike innocence, you're not going to take mm. me seriously as a coach anymore. 
you know, these kind of games are being played all the time. I don't, I don't, I don't know we're going to talk about this. Powerful. Though, but yeah. This, talk, yeah, this is about creating <laughs> culture, man, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep on this. How, how do you manage also? Um, I'll speak for me sometimes. I, uh, I feel like putting up something vulnerable and I'm like hmm. trying to feel into, is it, is it also a need for attention? Is it self-indulgent is the yeah. question. This is a beautiful metric, man. Because there is, there's a, there's a version that's self-indulgent that is like poor me and attention or it can collapse the field yeah, a little victim bit. Victim mentality. Yeah, or victimization mm. in a way versus ownership. Mm. I survived this thing that was really fucking hard and there's actually inspiration for you in it, mm. you know, or, or, you know, I think the the differentiation of indul like self-indulgent and it's the same thing with music. You'll hear like people singing a song about, oh, I got left behind by my lover. And like, <laughs> and like some people will be like really in it and be like, oh, mama. and other people will be like, oh, like hmm. versus like what happens when you integrate that experience and hmm. share from the realization of it without needing to package it perfectly, but it's still raw and real. Like, man, when you left, I was devastated, but then I found deeper self-love as a result of it, mm. you know, and, and, and then sharing from the ownership of the pain of the loss, but also mm. the truth of the self-love yeah. that arose from the experience. That's what I'm talking mm. about. Because actually to talk about personal brand, for me, yeah. it's been a personal growth tool in the way where I would position my personal brand as more higher self. Yeah. So, and, and to me, it's not... It's not that it's not authentic, it's that it's, it's uh, what I share with the world and more who I want to be. That includes sometimes more vulnerability. Yeah. But, but yeah, those moments where I, I feel down and I, I don't want to power it to, to, other, to other people. I want to um, hold them. Um, yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is that you can st we can still hold people with our gifts, even mm -hmm. if we're sharing some of our vulnerability or humanity. Mm -hmm. The... It actually gives an opportunity to interrupt the projections that happen because the inner child consciousness or subconscious of people is looking for an ideal parent. That's perfect. That's not going to yeah. hurt them in the way they, they were hurt. That's not real. That's not, actually not, that's not actually not real. People project that onto the political world and authorities and they also project it onto their spiritual mm -hmm. teachers and their guides and their coaches and their mentors. So let's, let's just pop that whole paradigm now and say, hey, I'm imperfect. But my gifts still have a lot of freaking value and will help you transform your life. Hmm. So the ownership piece is how it shifts out of self-indulgence. You know, I can, I can take ownership over something that I'm struggling with and still be absolutely valid as a mentor. It doesn't have to invalidate it. It's, it's, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And so I think I think that there's a, a way that we can we can welcome that more in as a as a baseline than just the the higher self version mm -hmm. being the front and center thing all the time because a lot of that what that is doing is saying I don't want to feel this whole other part of me over here mm -hmm. that I'm scared of feeling and don't want you to see and you know this is how a lot of the false light spirituality happens it's like it's all love and light mm -hmm. everything's perfect. I have a lot of hidden rage that I never want you to mm. see. And if you question I'm perfect, I'll destroy you. But namaste. Well, you know? the, when I say higher self, it's a higher self that's aware of the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. But that presents it in a way that's more empowered. So it doesn't mean pretending it's sure. all light. But cool. it, would be, yeah. it would be maybe sharing a struggle, but more from a centered, empowered, ownership place. Rather than a, a complaining self indulgence, just to, to totally, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a well, my myself sometimes I'm in the victimhood. You know, I'm in the complaining mode. Then I'm like, okay, I don't want to share that. I can share about as I'm doing now, yeah. being in the victimhood yes. sometimes. But now I share it from a more empowered way and owning totally, it, totally. which is not how I am twenty four seven. Yeah, which which a lot of us that are high performance we want to be on all the time. Mm. But we need recovery, mm. flow state recovery. It's mm. not. It's actually not realistic to be on all the time. It's not. It's not a real. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, vic healing victimization is part of why we came to Earth. Mm. It's it's what the collective humanity is being initiated into right now. 
is the journey of transcending victimization of our lineages, of our souls, into a fully embodied mm. state of empowerment. Now, sharing around the unique flavor of victimization that your soul went through or is in in a particular uh, moment, when you reveal, actually might be medicine for someone. Mm. Like, oh, thank God you share that. that. I feel connected to you now. Mm. If it was packaged in a certain way, maybe they would just be like, uh, can't receive it. But but sharing it from the authenticity, like, oh, wow, like, I know what that feels like. I, now I feel connected to you. You know, I can relate to that, you know. So that's that's where this this mm. this culture of connection can have a little more basis in reality and outside of the, the idealistic and into the, the truth of connection because we're, we're revealing more of ourselves, mm. being honest with our challenges and, and, and the alchemy of, of healing these. De- mm. I mean, we're, we're, we're in an ascension process. We're living on a triggered planet. We're going to do a massive transformation and the opportunity to alchemize lineages worth of pain mm. in real time. Like we need to talk about this. Like we need to have like really honest conversations about our shadows as a mm. culture. Because it, again, the, the, the amount of energy that goes into trying to maintaining a persona, it's like, it's, like, it's like the same thing of like continuing to frack oil and, 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 and avoiding the regenerative solution of like mm. sunlight. You, you just keep investing more and more resources and energy into fracking. Eventually, at some point, the like the water, the the, the oil cracks and mm. goes into the into the waterbed, the watershed, and then you've you've poisoned the entire well, mm. right? Same thing with these things. You put all this creative energy into trying to maintaining this mm. thing that's protecting you from a wound or being perceived in your wound. Yeah. What happens when you free that energy up? That's more energy for your creative process. That's more mm. energy to circulate through your body. That's more energy to put into your creation that's not now being main, trying to maintain the wound. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And as we're approaching the end of this episode, I know we could be speaking for five I hours. Remember, like, how did that go by? That went by super fast. I thought, yeah. we, were just getting, I thought we were like halfway done. <laughs> no, we're already 50, minu- 50 minutes in, actually. What? It feels like 10 minutes. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, sense. You've been in flow, brother. Yeah. Um, but at, at, so we went quite a bit through for um, an entrepreneur, especially like a conscious entrepreneur, yeah. the importance of doing that shadow work shadow to work. be in your power. Yes. And um, also to remember the, the service and the responsibilities that come through it. The importance of vulnerability as you build your, your especially a personal brand to an, an authenticity, um, which was quite a lot on the mindset too. I'd love to have quickly some practical tips on um, uh, then building your business and especially your, your uh, if you build a personal brand around it. Yeah. Um, I think for certain people that, you know, it's if it, that vulnerability or that shadow works new is that, you know, like, I, like I've worked with different mentors for, you know, one of my mentors is we have a 12-year relationship. He's someone that I go that I know that my process is going to be held and I can be fully raw. I'm not saying go, go sh- like share your gaping wound on social media, why it's gaping, but do the work and find the containers of the people that you feel safe enough with to start that reveal. And as you get used to that as a, as a, a foundational part of reality of checking in and having insight and your blind spots illuminated and having a relationship with people that can hold you and love you through it, eventually you can bring the integrated version out to more people mm. and they're going to be able to relate to it and connect to it. So I just want to clarify that context just a little mm. bit more. On the practical side, yeah, investing in support. <laughs> mm. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have support. I've invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in healing in business coaching and mentorship and apprenticeships and um, that paid off eventually, you know? And so if you are not willing to put skin in the game, it's going to be hard to get results sometimes, mm. you know, uh, around branding, you know, what I've, what I've shared with people, um, they start to build a brand from their own duality, meaning they're doing it from their own ideas and their own creative swirl and they'll watch a bunch of free YouTube videos and they'll create a brand that will have no functional business model and then they'll have to rebrand five times. Um, start with the business model. Figure out what your business model is, which most likely it would be worthwhile investing in a business coach to get an understanding of what your unique model is. Try to s- avoid coaches that want to just turn you into them. 
Like, for example, what I do is I help unlock people's genius. I help them unlock their unique blueprint of their soul in the business that's going to serve their highest soul's expression. A lot of coaches out there just want to give you their formula that they learned from their coach and enroll you in that sort of pyramid version. <laughs> work with a coach that's going to help you unlock your unique system, the one that's going to work for your mm -hmm. lifestyle. Um, and once you have a business structure, then build your brand on top of it because then your brand is going to be functional. Mm -hmm. It's going to actually have a business system that works, that's scalable, and that is functional. Because if you just build a brand to build a brand and you don't have any systems or it's not functional, then, and then it might, might be a beautiful site that has no, <laughs> no functionality. Mm. So that's just a really practical version of like having the business model first yeah. before you build a brand. Um, and just know that the process of building a personal brand is a shamanic, confronting identity alchemy you know it's it's not a small thing to build a brand so for for people that are are more creative spiritual sensitive just know that you're you're moving into an initiatic process and that's okay be gentle with yourself take your time a lot of people want to rush and they want to catch up to all their peers and they want to catch up to these instagram celebrities and tribe personas out there that have uh you know really nice photos and you know, whatever, but they, they might be half big. They have their issues and challenges. They have their shit that they don't want people to see. Be imperfect. Move for, and try to hone in on your essence by doing your shadow work. Your brand is going to be more informed. It's going to be the more authentic, the more empowered you are, the more you're going to be able to communicate to more and more of an audience. So, you know, I think, you know, for everyone out there listening that, that's in that process of building a personal brand, um, the most important thing that we can do, and this is in general for, for healing work, for all, is, is be gentle with yourself. Don't beat yourself up for it. Be okay to be willing mm. to be in discovery. And the more that you can do that without, again, being self-indulgent or postponing or being in collapse and, you know, <laughs> there's a time to stay in bed and binge Netflix or have coconut ice cream. <laughs> and there's time to get to work. You know, and so find that balance. Be gentle with yourself, but also show up. Thank you so much, Vic. <laughs> uh, we could keep going for sure, but let's uh, stop here for this one. I'll have you again for sure. Um, how can people follow you and what's next for you? Yeah, so um, at Luke Cohen, and that's a K-O-H-E-N on Instagram. I have a lot of content coming out this year. I have... Uh, six new singles of music. Um, I'm doing a lot more storytelling as a bard. My resurrection, uh, I, I put my coaching business down for two years. I revamped it this year. I'm doing really deep quantum healing work again with founders and CEOs and change agents and influencers. I, I've revamped Beyond Prosperity, so I'm taking coaches and transformational guides through this process of building online businesses. And so, yeah, I got a lot of group programs coming out. Um, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one work again. Um, yeah just i have all different types of offerings so there's a low level mid-level high level i just want to add as much value to as many people's lives as i can and music is what lights me up storytelling that's that's the part of where a lot of my forward facing is going and my mentorship is also hand in hand with that but the yeah if you want to come on the journey there's a lot of inspiring content and and i have a song coming out um i don't know when this is going to play this this podcast but on one 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 two one i'm dropping a song called this day is made for you and it is the entrepreneur mission anthem mm. this is the crush your day to crush your year song so if you want to rock 2021 find me find that song put it on the morning and i guarantee your day is going to be the most productive day mm. ever and you're going to be in love with yourself <laughs> as, you do, as you crush your day <laughs> yeah we should post in january so we should we'll be up by then awesome amazing mm. yeah man Thank you so much, Luke. And I really want to uh, acknowledge you for uh, sharing all this wisdom with, with us today and in general for showing up in the, your beautiful, authentic self. You also uh, deliver the message very well. So, uh, yeah, thank you for, for your heart and for the skills to bring it to the world. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you and with everybody. And uh, the more that we're all doing that, that deep inner work and, and mm. following our highest excitement also, we each bring our peace to this greater emergent puzzle on the planet. We all mm. have a role to play. So you matter. 
you definitely freaking matter. Thank you for creating this space to draw this wisdom out, you know, and how you're showing up in leadership and uh, galvanizing connection and, you know, being who you are, man. So acknowledge you as well. Mm. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, sweetheart. Man. And people definitely uh, check Luke's Instagram. I love the videos you you release and the and the posts you do. It's uh, it's very inspiring. Do you have a last word for the listener? <sighs> Take time to move from stillness into your doing if you want to have a sustainable career as an entrepreneur it's important to have a deep relationship with stillness so get resource from that space because we can get lost in doing you can get lost in years of doing and for uh to have that space where you can really rest and go turn turn the button off turn the switch off i'm really uh keen for people to to, to learn how to attune to that what I call the living stillness of the universe. And if you can take the time to cultivate that relationship, everything you create from that space is going to be more profound. Thank you for taking some of your precious time to listen to this podcast. If you stayed until the end, I assume it was insightful. If you like this podcast, please share with friends. Remember that if you tag us in your Instagram story, at the Light Leaders Podcast, we will repost. Tell us what you've learned. You can also leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Now, if you think I can help you grow your soul mission business, you can register for a free 15-minute coaching call with me. Go to www.thelightleaders.org slash free call. Thank you again and let's co-create the conscious new earth together.